follow me, Jesus says. As I shared last week, maybe the best sentence me and you could ever hear is for Jesus to look at us and say, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. There is no more radical statement, there is no greater statement that could ever have been made on this earth. And that's because we believe in the gospel of Jesus. And as we said before, are you following the gospel of Jesus? I've shared my experience. I've been asking, hopefully, I've been really trying to ask almost everybody I see walking around in the city of Clemson is, what's the gospel? I mean, Clemson's a pretty religious town. Almost nobody knows what the gospel is. <laughs> Don't we use that word a lot, though, right? It's like we know, no, the gospel saves you, and you're saved by the gospel. And then I ask, well, what is the gospel? And essentially what our culture has changed the gospel into is fire insurance. Like the gospel is like you don't go to hell. And what I'm saying is that's a false gospel. Yeah. That's, right. that's not a gospel you'll find Jesus teaching about. Yeah. That's a part of the gospel. And I shared last week, it, you, know, my, you know, the illustration, there's certain illustrations I give that are horrible. And that's like nine out of ten of them. And then there's some, I'm like, that was really great, you know. And if you haven't remembered that illustration, you go back and listen to that sermon. But I'll tell you anyway, okay, because I can see that some of you may have not remembered that. But really, when we take the gospel of Jesus and say it's simply about saving ourselves from the punishment of hell. All right, it it really is, for all of you Harry Potter fans in here, it would be like boiling Harry Potter down to like, well, Harry Potter is about the goblet of fire. You'd be like, well, that was like a part of it, like one part, but like you can't describe the entirety of it. It would be like breaking. I mean, there's there's illustrations for Star Wars. If you're into Star Wars, you know, if you just took one little snippet of whatever you really love and boiled everything down to that, that's what essentially Christianity in America, that's what we all have. It's not about pointing fingers. We're all culpable. Every one of us in here are culpable of that, which is boiling it down to this plan of salvation, this just the gospel is about you not going to hell. And the gospel is summed up in follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It's about God who didn't forget me and you. Amen. It's God who has seen our history and our history of disobedience and our history of rebellion and still saying, I didn't forget about you though. And now I'm going to come down and send my son to you to give you a second chance. And a second chance at life there on earth. A second chance to not just know a really great philosophy, but to actually be like Jesus. That is the good news. And unfortunately, I wonder, and I want us to think about this today. Man, would you say that's good news to you? Or would you say, I wouldn't have followed Jesus if I knew there was all that. Like, I just wanted to not go to hell. You know, the tiny decisions we make in life tend to make the greatest impacts in our life. The little intentional decisions. And what we're going to see is from Jesus' statement here, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It requires all of us in here, it requires anybody that wants to follow Jesus to have a decision made when we hear his words. Like, it's not enough to just go, oh, that was great information. He's actually saying, no, follow 
me. And I will make you fishers of men. And what is he not saying? And, and hopefully our ears are attuned to this. Is that um, he's not saying if you experience something, that makes you my follower. Yeah. But, but I, I accepted Jesus into my heart. That doesn't mean you're following Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I was baptized. That doesn't mean you're following Jesus. Yeah, amen. But that's sometimes what we do is, is we've boiled the gospel down to an experience, and then we say, therefore, I'm fine. I don't have to follow Jesus. Only this is exactly what he is telling us from the beginning is, yeah. I know in John chapter 8, Jesus even said to the, to the Jews who believed him, you're really my disciples if you obey me. Amen. Meaning like you follow me. And this is an incredible honor that Jesus gave because it was unconventional for the time. For Jesus to go up to men and to ask them, like, you guys come and follow me, was an incredible honor because these men, just for us knowing the context and the history, these were men that were left behind by the religious establishment. Yeah. They were left behind. If they weren't, they wouldn't have been fishing with their father here in Matthew chapter 4. They would have been in a school being taught by a rabbi who would grill them, who would, who would make them, like, make the team. And Jesus went up, and, and, and that's good news, isn't it, that he came up to people. And he said, you've already, you, you don't have to try to make my team. Like, I want you to follow me. And it's that idea of, I wonder if just erasing everything you've ever learned before. Could you say, or would anyone around you say, you follow Jesus, don't you? Like, I see how you live. You must follow Jesus. Like, forget everything you've ever learned. Would a coworker, my family, particularly the people in my household, would they say, you know what's clear? You follow Jesus. Now, here's what I'm going to say about that. If people would not say that, if, if, if your life is lived in a way that people would be like, well, I guess you got, quote unquote, saved at some point. But, but I don't see you like following Jesus, hungering for Jesus, infatuated with Jesus. Like when you mess up, you repent to get back in line. Like, oh, man, I'm not doing what Jesus told me to do here. Then here's I want you to really seriously consider the idea that you never became a follower of Jesus. I'm going to tell you, don't, do not in any way just go, I hope he didn't notice. I hope I can go, but Jesus, remember that experience I had. But, but remember, I did that one thing. Matthew 7, 21, he said, you know, you said, Lord, Lord to me, yeah. but you never did what I wanted you to do. Yeah. He boils down discipleship into that is this idea of, is what I'm doing at work and at school, is what I'm doing around people, is that what Jesus would be doing? Yeah. Is that how Jesus would be Amen. at my work? It's not following him doesn't mean I've experienced something. And it's okay. Honestly, here's the deal. It's okay to get a little frustrated by that. <laughs> it's okay to get a little bit angry. Um, it, it's okay to think bad things about me. <laughs> that guy's so judgmental. That guy doesn't even know. That, I never liked Keith anyway. 
<laughs> and here's what I'll say about that is that's perfectly okay. It really is. I'm not kidding you because all I've done is read actually what Jesus said about his followers. Yeah, amen. And so if there's any ounce in your heart, if you're feeling that, to go, hold on a minute. This isn't about me and someone else. This is about me and Jesus. Amen. Like, Jesus, I'm not following you. And it's not the preacher's fault. And it's not my roommate's fault. And it's not my parents' fault. It's not, if there's an ounce of that in you, I'm just going to ask you to like muster the strength to get there all the way and go, you know what? Maybe I'm not really. Jesus, you know what? I never followed you. I'm the king of my life. I've never gotten off the throne. I'm just asking you just be honest about that. Because here's the thing is, is Jesus isn't going to one day go, man, you know, I didn't even notice. I didn't notice that. He's going to say, no, how clear could it have been? Yeah. Like I simply gave you, and not only how clear, but it's good news. Amen. Like that's the, that's the insane part of it all, of him going, hold on. You mean God who created perfect union of man and him, and y'all, this is God talking to us, and y'all rejected me. And you guys did everything I told you not to do through history. And I still sent my son back. And he didn't tell you that you had to like be the sharpest or the best looking or the most spiritual or no. He just said, follow me. And that wasn't enough. I mean, we have got to really be. There's something wrong if we actually think we're going to meet Jesus face to face and trick him. And make him go, no, I, I didn't really mean what I said. Yeah. I didn't mean what I said. It, it, you know, if you're living at home, there's that idea of, no, Jesus isn't going to go, no, I didn't mean for you not to obey your parents. If you're among roommates, he's not going to say, man, no, no, no. In your roommate situation, you can be a total, like, just parasite to your household. He's not going to say that. He's going to say, follow me. And he's going to say, I want you to do it because he's in the light. We talked about this last week. If we're going to follow him, it's got to be in the light. All right. Now, here's the thing is that means being authentic. And everyone loves that word. Like, I want to be an authentic Christian. Like, I don't want to be hiding anything. But authenticity without repentance is hypocrisy. Like, if I'm going, no, no, this is just me. So I'm just going to do that. That's me. I'm just being authentic. Well, Jesus would say repent. Like, that's great to be authentic but be repentant as well. Amen. Am I following him authentically and repentantly? Amen. And is there an intentionality? Like, could you sit down with somebody and go, here's how I'm intentionally following Jesus today. Amen. Like that's, when I look at my, even when I'm doing my quiet time, I'm going, what about this makes me think I'm intentionally like leaving my house to follow Jesus? Yeah. Like I've got to ask myself that question over and over again. I, hold on a minute. What is actually happening? How do I treat people? Would anybody go, wow, that's how Jesus would treat people. I've got a lot of growing to do in that area. Amen. But without intentional decision, here's what I don't do. I don't just like naturally grow. I don't just, without intentionality, I don't, without going, okay, Jesus, you said this, so I'm intentionally going to practice this today. Yeah. Without that, my normal self isn't going to just be like Jesus. And probably yours not either. Yours won't either. I'm just guessing that. But so we're here in Matthew chapter four. If you haven't got there already, you can open it up. We've really spent a a large amount of time in this one section 
of Jesus' ministry because everything we talk about from here on out has to do with these two sentences. Right? Matthew 4, 17. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus said, he's got to be king. And we spent some time on that. Very simply put, I'm not king, he's got to be king, number one. Number two, the definition of discipleship. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. We have spent about four weeks on these right here because everything we talk about afterwards is going to be the meat and the potatoes, the skin, the bones, the meat. The, the meat of this message is going to go on this skeleton structure. This idea of going, hold on a minute, this is what he's calling us to do. But you know what's interesting is, is Jesus, when he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Uh, it's interesting. He, he totally turns our consumeristic culture on its ear. Yeah. Because he says discipleship is not about getting something, but becoming someone Amen. that will be productive. Amen. I will make you fishers of men. Like you'll produce something. Jesus said, I will do that. And what's the really cool thing about it is, is Jesus is saying that because Jesus is saying that's who he is. Luke chapter 19, he says, I came to seek and save the lost. Jesus is saying, you can be like me. That's the good news of this. It isn't an employee relationship. He's not going, now, you know what I need to do is employ you to go out and then in your own power to go and make disciples. He's saying, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. But I wonder how many, and, and let's keep it in this room right here. Have you ever thought, I should be fishing for men? Uh, this is another question, and, and ask this question around. Ask your friends, ask your coworkers. Have you ever fished for men? Amen. Most people say, you know, wow, no, I, I don't even know what that means. I think, like, if I invite somebody to church and then they have a salvation experience, then I fish for men. He said, no, no, no. Fishing for men means you're helping people follow Jesus. Yeah. And follow his word Amen. and walk with him into maturity and show him in mind in your life how to follow Jesus. Like, like it isn't a matter of like, oh, gosh, how am I going to study seeking God with this person? Maybe I should be seeking God. Man, how gosh, I've got to prepare myself to study the Bible with this person to teach them about discipleship. It'd probably be a really good idea for me to be living out discipleship. Amen. And to go, here, come here, here's what I do. This is what this looks like in my life. Amen. Man, when I get up in the morning, and this is how I pray, and this is how I interact, and here's where I fall short, and here's what repentance looks like, and that's what it means when we're going out there. But I think sometimes we don't realize that we're even supposed to fish for men. Like that our lives matter to other people. you to think about that is if it's not on your radar i want you to think you're hearing a message that isn't jesus message yeah it's just how it is jesus said follow me and i will make you fishers of men and if if you've sat in church your whole life and you've never replicated yourself (laughs) you gotta think man am i am i even listening to jesus this is the first thing he said 
Like, no, no, no. Go. And the last thing he said was, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's the opposite of consumerism. I think what happens sometimes is if you're, again, I'm just going to tell you, we're all kind of the same when it comes to like fears and stuff. They may look like a little different, but really inside, we all like humanity shares kind of a, a, a set of fears about what people think about us and how people see us and all that kind of stuff. And for me, here's what I really want to do. I want to wake up in the morning and I'm going to go out and I want to be friends with people who are already good people, who are already like Christian people. And I want to spend time with them. And I want, to, I want them to be okay and I want me to be okay without me ever having to say anything about this. Because it's scary to do that. Yeah. And you all know what? In Clemson, you can find lots of people. And you can go, no, 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 no. I hang out with them all the time, but they're, they're, they're good. Here's what I want you to pray. Pray for the people that aren't good. That's right. Pray for them. Like, God, okay, I got, I guess there's people, I don't know, they don't want to, I got friends that don't want to be, like, to talk about this. I've got friends that don't really, they're kind of arms distance, like, no, 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 I'm not going to let you in there. Here's what I'm going to say. Pray for somebody that's like, no, come in and help me. Believe me, there's lots of people out there like that. I mean, I'm not kidding you, man. I mean, I've shared that with you. That was one of the kind of my repentant actions for my prayer life. And in, like, just one week, it's amazing the number of people that, like, they stopped me. You know, and they're like, hey, I just got to ask you this. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Is, I feel like you're a plant here. Like, like, this is not normal, okay? But this is what I'm saying is if that's all you hang around with is people who don't want to follow Jesus or who don't want input in following Jesus, pray that God puts people in your life that are like, help me Amen. follow Jesus. Because he's saying, I want you to go out and be fishers of men. Amen. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You know, that implies that we've got to leave something. We gotta leave something. And and again, it's that idea of I don't want to leave anything. I, I it's funny because there's this kind of thread of of thing that I share, and for some reason I always share it with my mom's here. <laughs> but it actually brings legitimacy to it because if she wasn't here, you'd go, he'd never say that in front of his mother. But I will say that in front of I will say this, okay, is when I learned, when I became like and, and mom will tell you here, is I grew up going to church, we went to church every Sunday. Went to church. I felt like I was a good kid. I was her favorite son. Okay? I, let me tell you, I was so scared I was going to get caught doing things because generally the times I tried to do things, I got caught doing them. So that kind of scared me. And I went to college, and I started studying. First of all, I remember going to church and sitting around and going, I stink a party with all these people in here. Like, last night, we were all doing the same junk, and now we're here praying that God does not yield a harvest. All right? We sowed our wild oats. We're like, God, don't let those oats grow. <laughs> Please. I will never do that again. That was my prayer life. Okay? And then I go down in the basement, and we'd all be sitting in the basement of the church waiting to confess our sins. And I'm sitting here going the heck is wrong with us <laughs> this something's wrong here i'm like we were all you were doing and you know and 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 then the next week we were doing the same thing and i'm like hold up a minute um and anyway god sent this man to me and we started studying the bible and i realized wow um i was part of a club but i wasn't a christian yeah i was part of a club and i think we were all pretty good but we weren't following Jesus, and I knew I wasn't following yeah. Jesus. 
And I realized to become a disciple, I had to leave something. And I was scared to death to leave. Because one of the things, my mom, my parents lived in California. I was in Florida. And so you're thinking, well, okay, they, they wouldn't see. Like, I could get away with, like, becoming a Christian without them knowing, right? And be, like, undercover. And they Because I knew my parents were going to be like, what the heck is wrong with you? Yeah. And I was like, Mom, I'm, I'm going to be baptized this week. You weren't happy. <laughs> and I was like, what? How can you? You know, and it just threw me. And I realized, here's what I have to leave. The authority of my parents over me spiritually. Yeah. That's right. I had to leave that. And I, and, and, and I just knew, listen, if I'm going to follow Jesus, I've got to leave. And it's not about fooling my mom into thinking I wasn't doing it. It was like, no, I've got to leave that. And that was hard. That was really hard to do. And there were other things I had to leave. I had to leave the way I dated. Yeah. Man, that had to go. Like, I couldn't date that way anymore. You know, even when me and Abby started dating, we, there was a time when we had to stop dating because we, we, were, we were looking to each other for everything. We meant more to each other. And we had to go, hold up a minute. We left this dating. We've got to leave something. Amen. They knew it was their nets, the fishermen here, Matthew 4. They knew. They knew that, oh, we've got to put this down to be fully devoted to God. This is what has to go. Yeah. To be fully devoted to God. You want to know what's funny? Jesus doesn't tell everyone they have to leave their job. Right? right. The, the demoniac, the guy that had all kinds of like evil in him, Luke chapter 8. Jesus healed him and, and, and he asked Jesus, I want to go with you. Jesus is like, you know what you need to do? Go home and tell your family. That's what he told him. Yeah. He said, he sent him to his family. All right. And the guy was like, yeah, I need to go. The rich young ruler, he said, you know what you need to do is sell everything. You can't be fully devoted to me if you don't get rid of everything. All right. And so that's what, this is where I kind of leave this in your lap of going, what is that thing that is keeping you from full, 100% devotion to God? The way he puts it is, is he's number one, fully number one, and everything else after that is like hate. Now, in Luke chapter 14, he isn't saying to hate people, but he's saying there should be such a difference between your pure and undivided devotion and hunger for me and the next thing in line. So whatever is keeping that from happening And it very well may be something like social media. It very well may be something like TV forever. It very well may be something where you're going, man, you know what's so easy to get into today? It's just, hey, man, America's a messed up place. It it, it is. We are. Politics is, is, golly, man, it's out of control. But you want to know what? My devotion to God Amen. is so far above. I don't want to get like all caught up in that stuff. It takes my heart to places it is not good. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Okay? Especially when Jesus tells me, Keith, you have to love your enemy if you're going to follow me. I'm like, you know what I can't do? Watch 24-hour news. You know what I can't do? Go all on Twitter about who's doing what, when, where, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, my heart cannot handle that. Yeah. Okay? I'm like, no, because it makes me hate, and Jesus tells me I can't hate. Amen. 
No ands, if, or buts. There's none. There's no way I can go to Jesus and say, but I hated them, and they were doing the wrong thing, so it was okay for me to hate them. He'd be like, actually, I told you to love them. Like, what part of that didn't you see? And so that's what I'm saying is, is we've got to leave some, something. Eventually, very soon now, he's going to tell you to go somewhere. But at first, he's saying, you've got to leave something. What is that thing? And then we've got to be teachable. Follow me. Amen. And I'll make you fishers of men. Anybody here addicted to having to know the right answer all the time? Anybody here, man, when you get the wrong answer, you were so embarrassed. You're like, I can't speak in front of the group because if I get it wrong, that's going to be so embarrassing. Here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Begin embracing not knowing. Okay? Teachability. That's what Jesus is saying is come and be taught. Okay? Matthew 28, he says, go and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. So there's our, there's our great teacher, Jesus, which is what part of my life and your life, this is a question I've got to ask me, and you've got to ask you, would you say, I am being taught by Jesus every single day how to live? Amen. And, and, and there's only, to, you're in the word, and praying. Amen. Okay, without that, I doubt you can really say, no, me and we get together and he teaches and corrects and rebukes me and disciplines me. And, and, and what does that look like in your life? Amen. And then he also says that there will be people that will teach us about Jesus. Amen. And so that's the question is, is, is who's teaching you about Jesus? Like, are there any relationships where you sit down and you say, hey, can you teach me about this? I'm not that good at it. Can you teach me like, hey, man, I, my repentance is a little bit weak. Can you teach me? Hmm. Again, without that, we're off the beaten path of yeah. Jesus. Like, who is actually like I'm teachable Amen. to when it comes to Jesus? Amen. So Jesus calls us. Right now, right here, we've got to make a decision. What's that decision? To like say a prayer, to go and do? No, no, no. Remember, we've been talking about as for me. As for me right now, this is changing. Amen. A decision can be very quick and not emotional. Because, you know, this has got to change. This has got to change right now. And without accountability, without you going, hey, person next to me, you're going to hold me accountable to this. This is what needs to change. That's why you have the little cards to help you out. As for me. Because if it's not about, if it's like, well, as for you, Ben, you know what you need to work on. This is something uh, traditionally many of us aren't that great with is we can gain information, but we have a hard time saying, as for me, I'm now changing this. That's what Jesus is calling us to do. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You know, the worst three words, I, I don't, I don't want to have these in my head, and I feel like they live in there like little termites and ants and bugs and all that kind of stuff, is woulda, shoulda, coulda. I don't want those to happen. Amen. And, you know, I would have done that, but I don't want to be the guy that has excuses. Man, you know, I would have been more righteous, but people don't understand, man, I've had a hard life. 
Well, who better to turn to than Jesus? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Man, I know I should have done that. But, you know, gosh, I just didn't. You know, well, I could have done that. I could have. Those are the three words, man. They're the enemy of what Jesus is calling us to do. He's saying, what's your decision right here and right now from this day forward? Will you go, Jesus, I'm following you. And you will know it because I will be taught by you. I will be humble. I will leave what I have to leave. And I'm going to even ask you, if I don't know what it is, God, what is it that I have to leave? I'm going to pray and I'm going to inquire and I'm going to be an active participant in the disciples' lives around me so we can follow you and become fishers of men.